Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. It's an honor and delight to be here with Dr. B.T. Rowe, who is a research fellow in the Kovod Research Center for Contemporary Jewish Thought. Dr. Rowe holds a PhD from Bar-Ilan University. She lectures in the Department of Jewish Thought at the Hebrew University at Zohar Chai and at the Schechter Institute, where she teaches Kabbalah and Hasidut. Her book, Love of Shekhinah, Mysticism and Poetics in Tikkunei HaZohar, was awarded the Matanel World Union of Jewish Studies Prize for the best book in Jewish studies, 2014 to 2017. Dr. Rowe, thank you so much for taking time. Hi, hi, Kravish Molik, hi. Great. So, uh, so to jump right in here, what is the Shekhinah, and how does it relate to the feminine? Okay, so we can say that uh, the Shekhinah, maybe it's one, I think uh, some of the scholars in the beginning say that it's one of the... Um, the main great idea of the Kabbalah giving contribute to the Jewish world, that there is a feminine divine presence and she is articulated specifically as feminine and uh, there's something to speak about God as a woman. I would say that, you know, uh, Urbach in his uh, big, uh, you know, his big research about the sages, actually points out that the Shekhinah is a synonym to God. Whenever we find Shekhinah in the Talmud, we actually can switch the word Shekhinah to God. Two that are eating, two that are studying Torah, Shekhinah B'nehem, you know, Isha, Isha, woman and a man, together Shekhinah B'nehem. We can always change it into God. So Shekhinah is a feminine grammatically word in Hebrew, Shekhinah. But actually, it's the presence of God. Whereas in the Kabbalah, I would say in the Middle Ages, there is a kind of a shift speaking about Shekhinah, not just grammatically the word Shekhinah is feminine in Hebrew, but rather she gets all kinds of articulations that actually portrait her as a feminine. She can be either a mother, a great mother, Ima Ila'a, and she can be also a wife. And, and Specifically, she she described as a feminine, and the qualities of her as a woman is crucial for understanding God's, you know, um, God's um, abilities and God's supreme uh, uh, powers. So I, I can say that the Shekhinah maybe is the main or one of the main um, contribution of Kabbalah to the Jewish thinking and ideas, and maybe we can speak about it later, ritual also, but uh, this is the Shekhinah. Okay, the Shekhinah so is the divine presence. She's here with us. 
maybe you can say a few words about what she's characterized by or with. So one I can say that she's characterized with the presence of God. This is actually the name Shekhinah, which is the verb Shachan. She's with us. So maybe God is a transcendent entity, uh, but she's with us. Like wherever we go, it's also in a Talmudic uh, writing, Galu Yisrael Imahem. She's with us. Wherever we go, she is with us. Um, secondly, I can say that she presents the unperfect side of God, if I might say that. God is omnipotent, you know, he's, he can do everything, he is perfections. We know it from the philosophy in that time. But she described the, I would say, vulnerable side of God. Galu Israel galta shchinaimahem, whereas uh, uh, the people of Israel went into exile in the shchina with them, it says basically that there's a part of God, which is of course feminine, that she carries the vulnerability, the imperfection, um, the weak, a, a side of, 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 of the divine. Yeah. The third thing I can say about this uh, feminine aspect, the Shekhinah, I can describe her, as I said before, in two parts of what is it to be a woman. Mm -hmm. It can be, I mean, a woman, the male knows the woman from the mother, from maybe his sister, his wife, and his daughter. There are two main aspects for the Kabbalist about this uh, feminine divine. One, she's the mother, or let's say the great mother. She holds us. She cares about us. We, want, we are longing to go back to her. She's the mother. Um, you know, Erich, Erich Newman uh, wrote a great book. Uh, it published in, in English in 55, uh, 1955, I think. He calls it the great mother, the archetype of the great mother. In all cultures, there's something about the mother that give birth. Giving birth for the Kabbalist is a very, very important and crucial power of God. He's a creator. He's producing a constantly the reality. So of course he needs to have a womb. He needs to be a woman. He needs to be like, like a mother. So this is one part that the Kabbalists uh, characterize in a very detailed way. The Bina, the M, the Ima Ila'ah, the Great Mother. The other one is the wife, which is more erotic uh, situation. The relationship between the Kabbalists and the Shechina in this side is more erotic. She's like the wife. The Zohar says that actually a male, the, the Jewish male, is, he lives between two women. One in, is the wife, the corporal wife, and the other one is the shechina. And in this situation, we can describe the contribution of Kabbalah to our religious life that adds passion to our relationship to God. If the, if the shechina is a woman and the male Kabbalist is worshiping God and is worshiping the shechina, so it adds more passion into it. She is the female and he is the male. 
of course, we speak here about a very uh, imaginative world of the Kabbalist, which I personally love. You know, that we live in this imaginaire, in this way of imagining God in all kinds of manifestations and ways. I love it. I love it. So, so, so how does the concept, the intellectual concept of Shekhinah, or the actual spiritual manifestation as it's lived, evolve from pre-modernity to modernity, and even in contemporary times? As the role of women changes in society, and as the understanding of the feminine evolves, how does the Shekhinah among Kabbalists, or even beyond Kabbalists, uh, evolve with, that, with those social changes? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I see the Kabbalists for the middle, from the Middle Ages in very, you know, ancient times um, as, as, as one who can be very, very open to the idea of feminine, also describing God as feminine, but also seeing God in all kinds of ways. I would describe the rise of the feminine aspect of God as part of the undogmatic way of thinking of the Kabbalists. They are open in their mind to think about God in all kinds of ways, not in a static, like, not in a, like as a static entity, but as, as a dynamic entity that moves. I think that today, you know, many, many, also many, um, you know, affiliations and movements also in North America adapted the Shekhinah, they love the Shekhinah, in, as part of their feminist, you know, um, revolution, uh, or trying to read the patriarchic uh, text in our Jewish tradition as a, I would say, vice versa, or to destroy them and to put, or to put the feminine in the center. Um, okay, okay. Um, I'm interested not in, in um, fashion of things, uh, and I think that the Kabbalists more in uh, uh, seeing them as a feminist way, I, can, I, I see them as a profound, uh, <coughs> profound thinkers that they can see God in all kinds of ways and not in a static, in a static way. And they can also see God moving. This is very interesting today speaking about, you know, gender and sexuality, they actually describe also the shifts from femininity to masculinity, from femininity to masculinity. And they called the great mother sometime the world of the male. In, in one aspect of this mother or motherhood, uh, she can be also very tough, she can be very strong, and she can be described as the world of the male. So I see here fluidity also, and, and gender reversal, or interchangeable way of, of sex and gender, that uh, for me is striking to, to see it. This is not to say that they believe in, uh, sociologically, in a different uh, role, of a feminine, of a woman and a man, but is to say that their thinking is, is so broad and undogmatic that they can think also about moving, you know, like we say today, you have anima and you have the animus, 
and a man has a part of a female and vice versa, so they can see it. So it's qualities more than um, you know, something that is essential. Yeah. Uh, and they can see it uh, moving and not yeah. static, dogmatic way of you seeing know, the world. Many find this compelling to look at the fluidity of, of gender and, and explore these different models, but others talk about a genderless God. Um, do you think there's value to also seeing God as beyond gender? Um, for me, seeing God beyond gender <coughs> and also beyond gender is a kind of a boring, I'm saying it, uh, you know, a little bit as a joke, but if you're interested in a, a religious way of seeing God, as Rav, Rav Kook described it, that God and the world need to be together. And not that God created the world and, and left, or that he is the concept, the intellectual concept of the world. But it's something that is constant here and has to do with our life. So of course, gender and sexuality are, are part of our life. And the way that religious people, like the Kabbalists, describe God in a sexual way is, for me, striking. Okay. So they can say, you know, God is beyond, his ensof is beyond sexes, even though we can see even, even Kabbalists from the 16th century, like Ramak, that describe, as Moshe Yidel described, my teacher, you know, he, he has also a womb in the very, very supreme level. So the way they describe God is not outside of sexuality and gender. Womb, to describe God as a, as a womb, as a constant creation and creativity is very important for the Kabbalist. So, so, uh, so picking up on this issue of the sexual, how does this, er, what you described as this erotic energy with the divine get bridged into something spiritual? How do you bridge that experience from what you talked about, a spouse relationship, sort of a sexual erotic relationship to the Shekhinah? And how does, how does that sort of phenomenologically or experientially become channeled? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's very, very interesting what you're asking. I'm thinking about it a lot. I can say that the Zohar, for example, described that man goes outside to, you know, he goes away and the Shekhinah is with him. But the Zohar deliberately emphasized that don't think that you can be with the Shekhinah alone. If you're not married to a real wife, you cannot actually be with the Shekhinah. So the Zohar actually see a very important role for marriage and for being with a real, with a real woman. And it's very important what, what you ask, and I'm thinking about it a lot. What does it mean to live with the Shekhinah? And for what I said before, if you are, for example, in Hasidut, in Hasidism, they will say, whenever you pray, you pray not for yourself, you pray for the Shekhinah. And what does it mean to pray, to pray for a woman entity? But again, I see it as being part of God that is with you, with your sorrow, with your suffering, um, that it's very a uh, powerful uh, idea. I think this is the idea that made the shift 
you know, in the Esh Kodesh, in the Piazetzna, in his writing during the Shoah, at the beginning he writes about like the common tradition idea about sorrow and evil and suffering as part of punishment. This is like the traditional idea from the Bible, liturgic. And then in a way he comes to a point that he cannot hold on to this idea when he sees all what happenings around him. And then he comes to a shift and the shift is to say, you know, God is with the, in the sne, in the sne. It's God is within us in the, in, in the evil moments, in the sorrow, in the sadness, uh, in the stress. And this is the Shekhinah. This is the role, role of the Shekhinah. So, um, so very powerful. So, um, can you share a little bit with us about the role of women in Israel today in shaping this? I know um, there's so many um, women in academia dealing with the Kabbalah. Yeah, um, there's a lot of us, also uh, friends of mine, that uh, actually, not, not only, yeah, we also have men, but it's, it's interesting that many of us uh, as women find uh, our way to this kind of, you know, shelf um, in the Jewish bookshelves. I think it's also part of uh, not uh, finding a place in the yeshiva, you know, as an, uh, me as an Orthodox woman, I was looking for uh, like a place to you know, rigid studying and yeshiva wasn't uh, like an option. And I think it was kind of a bypass located myself um, in a place that I can be, you know, very good in this field and not, not having, um, not having the need to be part of the yeshiva masculine a, a, a world. And, and as we said, I think that the Shekhinah, sexuality and femininity are part of my life. And I think, of course, it's very uh, striking for me to see, to see these texts speaking about uh, this, not only about this, but speaking about this. Not, not to say, you know, for me, it's very, very important to see the undogmatic thinking. I think, I think this is very crucial for my, uh, for my, um, for my way of, uh, uh, of religious to be of religion to be uh, to see a text that is willing to break and to um, suggest innovations of reading more and more. So I think this is my own inclination uh, uh, towards this text: Hasidic, Zoharic, Orianic, whatever. Great. Okay. So just one last question for you. Um, how, how do you reconcile sort of the, the intellectual expansiveness, the breadth and depth of all of this with a Jewish traditional liturgy, which is highly patriarchal? Um, so, so it seems like in the realm of ideas, it's so broad, but when it comes down to practice and to filah as we know it today, uh, there's a big gap there. And I wonder how you reconcile that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I see language sometimes, as Bialik said, you know, there's a, there's a concealed and revealed a part of the language. And I don't see the language as, as what, a, you know, 
as a Baal Shem Tov quotes, somebody from the Middle Ages, he said, wherever you think, wherever a, per, a, a human being is thinking, they're where he is. So for me, it's not so crucial. I, I understand that there's a historical part of, of liturgic. Yeah. And, and I don't think there's a problem to also to say, you know, to say something to God as, as, as a woman. And, uh, you know, a few, few years ago, Kolech, which is the equal uh, Jofa in, in the States, they came up with a new version of Birkat Amazon. And they said one, one verse of Birkat Amazon, I have a lot, but one verse in Birkat Amazon they, they couldn't handle with. This was, The covenant that you printed in our body. And they said, of course, it's masculine. It's a Ot Brit Kodesh, it's a Brit. So how can a woman say that? But in the, in the Kabbalah, I think I find a lot of ideas about, it's interesting, um, about letters that are inside the body. Like, um, you know, there's Shin in the nose and the face is Yud Hey and Vav Hey. And this is also for women speaking. So, you know, the Brit is one part. Brit, ot Brit, we say letter. It's also a letter. Uh, so I don't find it so rigid like the, the letters. I find it more interesting, the ideas mm. uh, behind this. Um, yeah, and, 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 you know, there's a lot of things to be done, but the spirit is so free. When I read this text, the spirit and the imaginaire is so free. This is what uh, strikes me more than the verse, this verse or that verse specifically. Love it. Love it. So fascinating. And so much of us are in awe and inspired by your wise scholarship. So thank you so much for all you do and, and for this time. Friends, be sure to check out Dr. Bita Rui's amazing uh, books and articles. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.